I'm Scott Heron, pastor of Youth and Families at Trinity Church in Bozeman, Montana, and you're listening to RYM's The Local Youth Worker Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm here with Scott Heron. Scott, how's it going? Good, John. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. So Scott, it's been just a little while since you've been on the podcast. So why don't you remind our listeners where you're joining us from? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so it has been a while. Um, and uh, I am in Bozeman, Montana. Um, uh, as we, as I said in the uh, the beginning there, the intro, I'm the uh, associate pastor of youth and families at Trinity Church here in Bozeman. Yeah. And remind me, how long have you been there now? So this, I uh, just finished my 10th year. Uh, this is my 11th, we just started our 11th year of ministry, student ministry. Okay. And I know in just a little bit, we're going to talk about um, retreats and just some interesting thoughts that you've had uh, and just ways in which you're going about teaching students. But before we do that, why don't we talk just what you're currently teaching uh, your students. I know it's always helpful for me to hear just other youth workers, what they're teaching, kind of just different strategies. I know right now you're currently teaching adults as well as students. So why don't you talk maybe about adults first and some of what you're doing there? Sure. Yeah, so because I'm uh, an associate pastor, I get there's a lot of different roles, a lot of different hats I wear in, in addition to the youth, just strictly the youth program. Uh, and one of them is the, the privilege of occasionally teaching in our adult discipleship classes. And those run on Sunday mornings in between the services. And uh, this year, this fall, I'm teaching a class that I've called uh, Cultural Lies and Biblical Truth. And my goal was to, uh, it started out, my goal was to attack families that engage in club sports. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't feel like that was very Christ-like and uh, <laughs> so probably not a good idea. <laughs> um, and, and especially since, since I just used the word attack. <laughs> but um, I uh, just seeing concerns about how uh, we we don't realize when we've bought into the language and the cultural um, uh, values around us. And sometimes we need uh, just kind of an awakening of sorts. Uh, I think I just heard Walt Mueller on his podcast say that the discernment is knowing the difference between uh, what what is right and what is a little bit right. And uh, I like that because um, that helps me understand what I'm doing is I'm trying to help people see, I'm trying to help our congregation see parents. And there's a lot of, there's, there's all, all ages are in that class, but just help them see, uh, you know, what are we buying into that just sounds a little bit right, but might be filled with lies. And so I uh, started out with uh, that kind of a goal, but I ended up um, reading uh, Carl Truman's you know, uh, the rise and triumph of the modern self is a very thick book. And so I listened mm -hmm. to it a bunch here and there. Um, but then I ended up getting um, the shortened version and I can't find it right now. Uh, yeah. Is it Strange New World? Is that it? Yeah, Strange New World. That's it. Yep. And then okay. and then uh, the Nine Marks Journal from March of 2022 has some really great summaries in there. So 
we focused on expressive individualism. I've been focusing on expressive individualism in, in particular, uh, expressive individualism in, in the church and how we see that um, coming out in the last several years, maybe even decades. And I, I don't know, I mean, maybe putting you on the spot a little bit, um, just as you think about your specific context in Montana, um, anything that you feel like is unique to Montana, um, any ways in which you see that manifesting itself that you feel like is resonating with your parents? Yeah, let's see. So um, I think right now, uh, you know, culturally, the the big difference here is, uh, you know, the idea of independence and, and individualism. We're a pretty fragmented uh, community right now because mm. for years, for decades, Bozeman has been a, a community where there was very close uh, agriculture and uh, a little bit of recreation, of course, the ski, the ski hills close by. But in the last, I'd say locals would probably say that probably in the last 20 years, um, it's really changed a lot. And we've been here 10 years and, and we've even noticed it changed a lot. And, and the change has gone from a community where people really care about uh, contributing to the community to one of a high level of consumerism for what the com community brings. So I've heard it said that, and I don't know if this is true. I got to find out. I got to find the statistic somewhere um, that uh, 40% of Bozeman works for 60% of Bozeman. So in other words, about 60% of our community are people who, um, you know, they're not local business owners. They're not really contributing other than just like tax dollars or spending in spending in the um in the recreation area so that's that's tough so what that leads to is uh a church community where we have to um we have to really understand the importance of of community of church community of church membership of taking vows of serving of consistent church attendance and uh and all those things because it's definitely not cultural to uh, neither be a Christian or to attend church here in the Rocky Mountain mm -hmm. West, in particular in Montana. So that that's kind of our cultural, um, the wind of the culture right now. And so this idea of expressive individualism, where you're living out, you know, your your inner self, your longings, your desires, you're expressing them outwardly, uh, is a very is a very difficult thing to push against when when i see and i hear people say well the mountains are where i experience god hmm. or the ski hill is where i experience god or hunting with my boys on a sunday morning is just as meaningful as coming to ch 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 church on sunday and what they really mean is uh it's more meaningful <laughs> than coming to church on sunday right mm-hmm so that's yeah. kind of where we're at. So I, I don't know. I think it's been a blessing uh, so far. Yeah. No, I mean, that sounds really good and also sounds uh, really challenging. I mean, because obviously it's going to be stepping on some toes, um, but that's that's needed uh, for sure. So just, yeah, apology for doing that. That can be a very difficult task. Um, but that's yeah part of what we're called to um, as believers, but definitely those in ministry. Um, I know we're going to be taking a break in just a minute, but why don't you tell us a little bit too of what you're uh, teaching students currently and, and a little bit about this series that you're doing. 
so it's always it's always different each year. I you know some years I do like a systematic, I work through a book of the Bible systematically or something you know teach on that. And I've always done, I've always felt this compelling pull to create a great talk each Wednesday, right? Because like it's on me, right? Everything depends. You know, and they just like the bottom line is like, I don't, you know, they don't remember. Right. So, I mean, I believe that, I believe the word of God is active and, and, yes. and living and it's going to it's going to do what it does. It's going to plant a seed and not come back void. But uh, I was like this year, I really want to think about a way to get them to be more engaged. And so our junior high group, I, I've taken a back seat. I'm not teaching to them formally uh, as a group, and we're gonna we're actually doing uh, Church 101, um, which was oh, on, nice yeah, from RYM, and I think I think Linda uh, was a big part of writing that one. But she did, uh, and so just to interject on that for our listeners who may not know, Church 101 is a free Bible study. You can download, and I'll put that in the show notes. People can check that out. But yes, Linda Oliver wrote that, so yeah, be sure to check that out. So go ahead, Scott. Quick, quick info, info marshal. Yeah, uh, info marshal is right. Yeah, he didn't pay me to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're doing that. So I've given that task to, I've handed that task over to our small group leaders. So they're they're really being challenged this year to, uh, so we eat dinner together and then they spread out with their their little kiddos and uh, and they go through that curriculum. And I've challenged them to, you know, really study it, get to know it. And then come up with, uh, you know, one big main point that they need to get to take home with them and then challenge them to remember that next week. So I think that that's going well. And we have high school kids leading those junior high groups for the most part. And so it's a really good opportunity for them to grow in their relationship with the Lord, too. So I I, I really like it. So that's one less prep for me. And I get to enjoy <laughs> the junior high kids a little more than normal. So uh, and then the other is uh, with the high school, I'm doing the same idea, the culturalized biblical truth, and I'm showing them uh, reels, uh, maybe the, a reel that they'd see, they'd see on on TikTok or Instagram. And and it's uh, it's like I just I mentioned earlier, it's a it's a part it's a partly true statement, whatever the reel is teaching us. So, like, for example, first week we did one where this girl is hiking and it looks like she lives this you know travel life of beauty and wonder and and you hear this quote in the background that says one of the things i'll never forget is and i i heard this quote a long time ago is that if you if you love something it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else right and uh so on a surface like that sounds really good right like oh yeah well if i have a you know, a creepy doll collection. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody <laughs> else, you know, or, or whatever it is, right? Um, but the way that phrase is being taken is, uh, I get to live my life how I want, and you need to affirm it, right? Hmm. So, and then we dig into. So, I, I'm presenting this idea, and then I we have discussion in in the uh, large group, and so I tell them in groups of two or three discuss this question and I give them about 20 seconds and then I'll go around and ask questions, you know, ask for their answers. And then we'll, and then I'll teach a little bit more and then I'll do that again. Okay. In groups of two or three answer this question and then they'll, they'll respond. And, and what I've noticed is that it, if, if you're listening and you're a youth pastor, you know, this is when you're about 10 minutes into the talk, on a normal night and all their faces are just staring at the wall or the ceiling. And they're just like, <laughs> what was he saying? So it kind of, 
I like it. It's been regrouping them and and building that energy back up. And they're talking to one another and and they're doing a good job with it. And, and I've heard really good things from our small group leaders in terms of discussion. So that's what we've been doing this semester. Hmm. Now, I like so much about that. But I mean, you're taking something that they interact with daily. And I mean, if we're going on stats, I mean, the amount of time on TikTok, Instagram, things like that, they're, they're always on it. And so yeah, you're giving them this worldview. So hopefully just reflexively, they're going to start thinking about all the things that they're consuming and um, starting to, to question that. And so anyway, that, that's just, that's such a great idea. And yeah, I love the kind of breaking up and getting in small groups. That's so good. We do the, uh, we do a screen time challenge each Wednesday and they get a $5 gift card or a candy bar and whoever has the least screen time and whoever has the most improved screen time gets a, gets an award. <laughs> wow. That's a great idea. So just, I mean, I know you just explained it, unpack that a little bit more. Like how did you present this idea and all that? Um, so I don't really remember how the idea came about. It probably isn't original, um, to us, but I just, I wanted to just bring, I just wanted to um, remind them of the importance of, you know, excuse me, uh, the importance of um, understanding how their phones work and how they affect them. And, and so uh, I, you know, I was like, hey, let's do a screen time challenge and let's see who has the lowest number. But the, the, the problem is uh, the, the same kids have been winning. <laughs> and so I've started to pick different. So what I started to do is like group them into like, well, they're already in kind of friend groups. And so I'll pick the, you know, the group of junior girls now. Okay. All right. Now that, you know, the, the homeschool kid, you know, he's got four, four minutes this week, a day. On <laughs> yeah. But, but let's talk to those junior girls over here. Like, and they're all looking at me like, Ooh, I really don't want to, <laughs> but one of the things that I noticed though, is I got to be careful because one of the girls pointed out, she said, you know, and I really, I really appreciate her saying this. She said, Hey, uh, I know what you're doing. I get it. You know, it's important about the screen time, but maybe, maybe ask me like how I'm doing emotionally or how I'm feeling about mm -hmm. the day rather than worry about how much time I'm on my phone all the time. So there's a, there's a downside to it as well. And I was like really reminded that we can mm -hmm. do that screen time challenge, but they're more than just the time that they spent on their phones. Right. And so that was, mm -hmm. that was really eye opening. That just happened last night. I've been thinking about it since then. Wow. That's so great. That student came up and, and shared that with you. And I mean, that, that does just sincerely, I mean, should encourage you that the student feels comfortable enough with you to, to come forward and, and to share that. That's really encouraging. Yeah, and this student in particular uh, had a lot, <laughs> had a lot of daily screen time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, that's great. And look, I mean, it, it's like I said, it's always interesting to hear what other youth workers are doing, just in various contexts. And those who are tuning in, listening to this, you know, take and use some of these ideas. It's it's. Um, just interesting to have this kind of community through a podcast like this. And so Scott, I appreciate you sharing. And in light of that too, we're going to talk about re retreats in just a little bit and, and maybe some ideas that come from that. But for now, let's take a little break.
All right. Um, I'm here with Scott Heron. Um, Scott, if, if people listen to this podcast, they're, they're aware that I say this kind of thing periodically, but this is one of those selfish podcasts where I get to just catch up with one of my friends. <laughs> and right. so it's, sure. it's good. It's good just to see you and, and talk ministry. And I know you and I, at the end of, I think it was end of our summer with summer conferences, you and I got to have a phone call and we were kind of catching up a little bit and talking about ministry and you were talking about retreats and we just yeah got into some interesting conversations about um, some different thoughts on retreats and how to approach teaching on retreats. And so maybe just kind of start there of just kind of some of the origins of your thinking about trying to modify how you did retreats a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, You know, there's so many ways to to look at this and so many ways to serve our our teens our community in in the idea of retreats so we i took uh students i think it was five summers to the rym conference in colorado and every year um it was just fantastic the kids loved it they made friends the teachings always been fantastic the the location everything about it um was wonderful uh but one of the things that I noticed is when we come back from those retreats is sometimes um, sometimes the kids would come back with uh, a sense of entitlement uh, mm-hmm. or just a rudeness toward their mom and dad when they get back home. And I've had parents say, what what gives like they've been in camp all week. Right. You know, and uh, um, and I've had the most pushback on stu- from students uh, uh, during trips. Uh, back home uh from rym and in one year i even had to track a girl down who is 6 30 in the morning and we're we're trying to get onto the the buses to go back to bozeman and and we're like well, where is this girl you know where is she and she's she's off in the woods with this boy she met from you know <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably kurt's church down there and <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> um but uh anyway so um yeah, so this summer I preached on Philippians 4. I've been preaching through Philippians when I get to get a chance to do that. And and I touched on this because that, that passage is about joy. And the, and I and I believe Paul is connecting joy with uh, serving within the church, the community. And one of the things that I, the theories that I have about going to a large conference, and this is not a, it's not a criticism of RYM. I want everybody to understand. I love, <laughs> I love taking our kids there. But one of the things that happens, I think, is that while they're there, um, they get to experience a level of autonomy that they don't have at home. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have to do their laundry. They don't have to clean up from dinner. They don't have to really serve in any way at all. <laughs> and uh, and I try hard to like keep them off their phones, but they, you know, there's cell service up there and all those things. So they they build this autonomy, and then they kind of come back, even though they're filled with good teaching and worship music and fellowship with other Christians, I often uh, will struggle with attitudes on the way home. And I've had parents tell me that. And so one of the goals I had this year, uh, and I know that youth ministry, you know, it's not new for youth ministries to organize missions trips, right? Everybody wants to do a missions trip. And I, I did a missions trip one year, um, but I haven't done one since. And I, and I know that that's a, that's a, um that's a spot in our ministry that needs to grow uh it's a it's an area that we need to do better at but but i think one of my goals for our students is for um them 
to just learn what it means to live a lifestyle of service and not just do the missions trip here and there and get the emotional high, but but to really serve when you really, nobody cares and they're not really excited about you being there. And, and so we partnered with another church here in Montana. It's called Great Plains Gathering. It's a PCA church in uh, Billings. Uh, this was planted by Josh Charette. He's, um, he, uh, he's, uh, planted this church as a Native American plant, and it's probably 65 to 70% Native American. And they they just have a very different culture than we do in Billings. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring them and our church together. We partner with them in a winter retreat too, but I wanted it just to be us. And so we found a spot up in the mountains, um, in the Absarca Mountains, and uh, uh, we we you know created a, a curriculum well a schedule for the kids to participate in cooking the meals um uh you know helping plan out the day's events um giving them some responsibilities here and there um and I, i'd say it went pretty well now did we solve all the problems of entitlement and selfishness not at all <laughs> Not at all, but I, but I, uh, the, the unity that we saw between the two churches and the kids just playing together and having such a good time, uh, was pretty, pretty impactful. And, uh, one, I know that I know one point of success was there was a teenage boy and he was helping us clean up after dinner. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, well, clean off that table and wipe it down. He's like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, we'll just figure it out, right? <laughs> uh, so he learned how to do some dishes and wipe down tables, and it was good. There you go. So that so was our goal. You... Sorry, I interrupted you. I'm, I'm I'm curious when you say cooking the meals. I mean, talk a little bit more about that. How, did you guys come up with kind of a meal plan? Here's what we're going to cook, and then you just assigned. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. That's exactly what we did. We had, uh, we had, you know, we, we decided what meals we were going to cook the first night. So we cooked the first night, Great Plains Gathering did the second night, and then we did the third night. And we just divvied up the kids into jobs for each of those meals, both preparing and then cleaning up afterwards. So, and, and we wanted to, them to present it in a way that we were being hospitable toward the other church, you know, inviting mm-hmm. them in, so... That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, I really yeah, like I mean, it. It's a lot more work and planning on the front end, but um, I, I really, we all as leaders, we sat back and talked about it after we were done and like, you know, what do we value most in these retreats? And yeah, the teaching was great and the worship music was great and singing, but I think that helping these children understand they are the church. They are, they are part of the church. We need them to serve in the church. We need them to understand that the church loves them. Uh, you know, and our other pastor, Brian, uh, he preached, he's preaching in Revelation. And he used um, a quote from the Great Dechurching, if you've heard that book reference recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And just how, um, just the endless statistics on uh, the faithfulness of believers who stay committed to regular worship and serving and membership at the local church. It's just unbelievable. Marriages are better. Uh, Mm. parenting routines are better. Um, they're happier. There's more joy in their lives. And 
that's what I'm trying to emulate for these kiddos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, curious, how did they react after they were cooking and they were serving and kind of post retreat even? Have you heard some feedback? I have. I just heard that everybody said that the kids came back and said they loved it and they had a good time. So, um, but I, you know, uh, I didn't have any real pushback during the week. Um, we were also in an area that didn't have any internet access at all. So that was really helpful. (laughs) Was that, was that an accident or was that intentional? No, that was on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, moving forward, I think every time we do a retreat, even at RYM, I'm going to require their phones to be uh, uh, not of use. You know, we just Mm -hmm. all need a break from that. But Colorado, we're looking at that maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's a good thing for sure. We had some kind of electronic device policy that we came up with and um, it always, I mean, it students did end up liking it. Yes. There's yeah. arguments, there's pushback, yeah. but at the same time, there's, there's also a lot of fruit from it. And and I feel like they would typically come around to enjoying it and kind of admitting that. Right. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good thing. And, and Scott, yeah. remind me too. um, didn't you say you did some different kind of teaching, like even activities that were teaching yeah, or right. engaging in some kind of craft? Is that, is, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I forgot about that. So um, uh, we, we decided we wanted to, um, we really wanted to, you know, I guess create an opportunity for the kids to learn a skill of some kind. Um, skill building is really important. You know, it's good for your brain develop development and interest in the world and wonder and beauty and things like that. And, and uh, it also is really good for these kids to see us as not as pastors and as youth workers as more than just that. Like we're also normal people mm-hmm. who have things that we love to do. And uh, so we split up, uh, we had four classes um, and uh, we rotated them in hour uh, long uh, classes. So the kids could pick one class to go to the first hour and then pick another class to go to the second hour. And it what we, we didn't want it to be informational. We wanted it to be, um, uh, you know, an opportunity for them to do something. Right. Um, and so the one class was really neat. Um, there, there was a, um, a per, uh, I think he's an elder at Great Plains gathering. He, um, he taught, he's he's from the Crow Nation, Crow people, and he taught on Crow history. We were in Crow land, actually. We were we were in National Forest land, but it was once Crow, part of the Crow Reservation where the Crow people lived. And so it was really cool. He got taught, taught a little bit about the Crow history, but he also to, taught him how to make a fire, which was pretty mm-hmm. neat. And then uh, Pastor Josh, he did, uh, he's... Um, He's done self-defense for a long time, uh, judo uh, and other things. And so he taught a, a self-defense class for an hour. Um, Maddie, who's our girls director, she taught the kids how to make flower crowns because there's just tons of beauty and wildflowers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I taught uh, on fly fishing. So uh, really had a great time. Just, um, you know, the kids had questions. Um they wanted to do it right. They wanted to listen. Um, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. We all agreed that this is something we have to do every time. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was fascinating when you first presented that idea to me of just some kind of activity like that. And like you said, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's teaching our, our students a little bit more about the humanity of all of us and us right. as image bearers that we are created, you know, from after the image of a creator. And so right. we're going to create and, and do things. And anyway, I just, I was fascinated by this, this idea to, to teach something, some kind of skill like this. And yeah, was just, I mean, curious about some of the origins of how you arrived to, to maybe change away from just kind of the, the normal way to, to do retreats and um, then kind of, you said, moving forward, you have to do it again. I'm just curious kind yeah. of afterwards what you're thinking. Well, I think uh, one of the reasons that I started to dream about this kind of situation was one was the serving piece and to really have the emphasis on the church rather than the youth group, right? That just keep reminding these kids, like this is Trinity Church and Great Plains Gathering Church together, right? This isn't just Trinity Student Ministries and their student ministries. Um, and so just to continue to remind them, like this is part of the church. The other is I I have a, um, what's the word? I guess uh, I can see down the road uh, when these children are, you know, 10 years down the road from now when they're 25, 26, 27, and and I don't want them to only think of the adults in their lives as standing in front of them, giving them information, <laughs> you know, like mm. uh, uh, like we always I just feel like we have this, especially in the Presbyterian Church, we have this really strong emphasis on theology, which is good and teaching theology. Um, but I wonder if there's a way to incorporate um you know kind of come in the back door i guess with the theology so in other words like for the um flower crowns you know just beauty right just talk about beauty and and why you know some of the boys it was so funny some of the teenage boys were like oh, i'm gonna go do flower crowns you know and of course <laughs> they did self-defense too right so they did that <laughs> just to, did to balance it out right <laughs> um and then also you know uh Josh was teaching the self-defense. He's like the importance of getting technique down and discipline. And man, those are those are important things to learn as a believer, like discipline, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Fly fishing, rhythm. You have to have rhythm. You have to be patient. Uh, I introduced that class and I said, uh, have you ever done anything? Uh, have you ever tried a new activity or skill in your life that you were just terrible at and you hated it and you just decided you were never going to do it again? Well, welcome to fly fishing. <laughs> uh, but we did get a kid. And so we got to see like uh, one kid, he he ended up catching a fish. And it was like, it was just really cool to watch. He's like, you know, hmm. I don't know. So I, I thought that I, we didn't come at it and then say, now everybody gather around. And this is what, um, you know, uh, this is the order salutis, and this is how we just taught you about the order salutis, or you know, <laughs> we did that. But beauty, wonder, patience, imagination, um, just to get them to consider the the land they were on and the people that went before them and things like that. You know, all those have theological implications. So maybe someday when they're sitting in church and their pastor does talk about the importance of discipline, they remember. Oh yeah, you know, I did that self-defense class and then that got me involved in karate. And I remember that he said, 
you have to do this over and over and over and over and over again, right? I don't know. You know, that's just yeah. kind of rather than just assuming that the kids want to hear what we what we have presented to teach them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think it's so interesting. And I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of emphasizing general revelation to them and yeah. the Lord teaching lessons through just kind of everyday activity. And um, like you said, the beauty of creation. Um, so you said moving forward, you you have to do this again. Um, I'd love to hear just kind of some of the conversations with students, as well as some of those that were leading some of these classes, um, just thoughts on uh, why you think you're going to continue to do something like this. Yeah, the students really, they really had great feedback. They just loved it. They loved the fact that they got to choose, you know, teenagers really love that when they get, they do need some autonomy. I I said earlier, you know, that one of the dangers of, of a summer of a large conference was the autonomy, but they do need autonomy. They need to make their own choices. And so I think the opportunity for them to choose the different classes was important to them. I also think that there wasn't anything really expected of them other than just um, enjoying it and enjoying it with their friends, you know. Um, But the reason that we said we need to do it going forward is uh, I think that the other thing that it brought was uh, just a unifying presence to the group um, rather than everybody just having all the choices to do whatever they want with their free time. Um, they still had a choice, but yet they also had a choice with a group. So instead of just like, I'm going to go do this by myself, or I'm going to go do, you know, I'm going to go sit in my, my bunk and watch, you know, scroll through social media or something. They, they, uh, they had to make those choices based on the the community, which I think was important. So for some reason, um, I guess I have to think about it a little bit more, but, and we need to regroup and talk about it again, but um i've i uh i it brought it brought a a really um a unifying sense to the to the it brought a, it brought in that community feel that i was looking for in terms of the church you know mm-hmm. yeah no i just again i keep i sound like a broken record i just think it's fascinating to try something different like this and you know for those youth leaders listening out there i, I just think you know sometimes we can get just kind of I mean, stuck in our ways. I don't know. I mean, tradition yeah. can be a, a good thing. I don't want to just totally bash that. Um, but to p- to try to kind of reevaluate some of what we're doing and just kind of yeah. think outside the box a little bit and, and think about how broad the idea of God's kingdom is and that mm-hmm. there are a lot of aspects to that that sometimes we actually overlook when we're, like you said, just sitting and lecturing. And we want to continue to say, we're all about opening up the word, teaching from it, expository, preaching and teaching and teaching through books of the Bible, all of that. But there's, there's a lot of different ways in which we can teach theology. And uh, anyway, I just thought that was such a good idea. And I know we're about to close this out, but Scott, I'd love for you to just kind of respond to that and uh, any other thoughts that you have. Just that, yeah, as you were talking, you made me think that, you know, one of the things that we really want our kids to do and I don't think kids really do this with youth ministry. Maybe some of them that are doing it better than better than we are, but they don't. I don't see kids like take pride in their community, like their church community. You know, like I was thinking about it. The Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, when they take kids out there and they're doing the same kind of stuff, they're teaching them, but they're teaching them through doing something. They take pride in that. Kids really take pride in getting the next badge or the next level up in those communities, and and they do the same with with sports. But I don't. I think a lot of times our kids are just 
you know, oh, well, youth group is a thing that I go to and, and they love it and they, and they, they, they know it's their community, but I think it, it brought, I think what it did is, um, it helped them understand, like, they're really thankful. They were really thankful that, uh, we were going to do something like that instead of just, you know, the normal, like, oh, breakout session, go to this class, go to that class, do that, you know, so it was just a little different. And I felt that we can do that in youth, in youth ministry, the cuffs are kind of off when it comes to being creative, you know, when it comes to retreats and things like that. So, yeah, no, for sure. Um, Scott, look, thanks again for just your, your faithful labors at your, your church and at Trinity and Bozeman. And, uh, just thank you for, for taking the time to come on today and, and share some of what you you've been doing out there. Yeah, John, I, I just want to, I want you to know, I want the listeners to know just how thankful I am for RYM. I, I love you guys. You have been um, really influential in my life in terms of my my ministry life. I I came to RYM YLT in 2000, probably 14. Uh, it's like my first year doing youth ministry at Trinity, and I just loved it. It was just such a wonderfully refreshing time. Walt was keynote speaker, and. Mm. Uh, met Michael there. I think Michael was there at the time. I think Joe mm-hmm. Joey was there. And but anyway, that and just like the summer camps and just what you what you all are doing is so important. And um, I I I promote your resources all the time to my parents because I just believe in them and I think that mm-hmm. you're doing a great thing. So well, I, I appreciate you. that encouragement. And appreciate you again taking the time to come on. Yeah, thanks, John. So good to see you. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, 